What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Judy. What's up, guys? What's going on? Just getting set for Christmas, man. Yep. It's almost that time of year where Santa Claus comes. Yeah, hard to believe. Uh, you know, we are almost at the end of the year. We're nearing fantasy football playoffs and we're nearing actual NFL playoffs. Yep. And, and Brad, and, and the start of the NBA season. Yes, it is the best time of the year, without a doubt. Absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting month. I mean, we thought it was going to be a year where we weren't going to have um, Christmas Day basketball, but nope, we were sorely mistaken. They quickly um, um, turned back on their earlier proclamation that we would start, we would we wouldn't have a season until uh, sometime in twenty twenty one. And we will be starting December 22nd. So, I mean, things are up in high gear. But before we get to the NBA, we're going to touch on week 13 of the NFL season. I mean, like you guys said, final week, final week of the fantasy um, football regular season. So, I mean, it's crunch time for fantasy football. A lot, you know, there's some teams that have been locked in, you know, they're, they're they're in the playoffs, but there's others that are you know fighting for those last couple spots. So definitely going to be a, an intense uh, weekend of, of football. So we're definitely excited. Um, but let's get to the real games here. Um, starting with the Raiders at the Jets, Junie. Um, we're hearing that Josh Jacobs might not be available this Sunday, and Nelson Aguilar hasn't been practicing either. Could it be? that the Jets might finally win a game in 2020. Hell no. They're going 0-16. This game is it's, it's going to be all Raiders. Um, Over-unders 47, and, and I expect that to be um, a lot of Raider points. I mean, the Raiders are favored by uh, 8.5 in this game, and um, I mean – it's one of those games where, you know, the Jets know they're going to get the first pick and they can't blow this one. Like they have to, um, they have to get the first pick in order to change their franchise around. They can't do it with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is not the answer. And I'm pretty sure they're going to fire their coach at the end of the year. So this game is, is, is definitely uh, going to be a Raider game. Um, if you are a uh, fantasy uh, football player, um, the names to look out for is, um, I'd say Devin Booker, Devin, or Devontae Booker. Sorry, Devin Booker. Devontae Booker is a guy that I'm looking at because uh, the Jets are terrible when it comes to the run defense. Um, and it looks like Josh Jacobs isn't going to play. So um, in terms of the running backs, um, Devontae Booker, um, if you're really desperate for a running back, uh, Frank Gore is still out there um, in a lot of leagues. Um, I know he's not sexy, but he he gives you decent points um, week to week. Um, last game, he gave you 11 versus uh, Miami, and then the week before that, he gave you 15. So um, if you're in desperate need of a running back to or a flex, Frank Gore is a good option. In terms of the quarterback play, Derek Carr had a shitty game last week. And I expect him to bounce back uh, versus the Jets. Um, he only had one 1.6 versus Atlanta. Um, I expect him to have a good game. 
Um, I wouldn't touch Sam Darnold with a 10-foot pole. I just don't see him um, um, doing anything. In terms of uh, the receivers, uh, Waller. Waller is a must-start. He's, he's one of the three tight ends um, to start. Um, and, and in terms of the Jets side, um, Jamison Crowder is um, – he hasn't performed his uh, best abilities in the last couple of weeks. Um, only giving you six points last week and the previous week two points. So um, if you don't have any options, I would probably start him at a flex wide receiver three. Um, but if you have better options, I would not play him. Um, and then Burchard Perriman um, is a wide receiver three that um, is an option for you as well. Good to hear. And, you know, Frank Gore, you know, he might he might not – it might not be like you know slipping a blue chew with him, but you know he he he, he can you know he can still maybe you know put up a few points up there. So if you're if you're if you're desperate, you got to go for him. Um, next game, Saints at the Falcons. The last one wasn't as high scoring of an affair as we expected, Brad. Um, Kamara definitely misses Breeze. Fantasy owners miss Breeze because of Kamara. Um, Michael Thomas has been getting looks from Taysom Hill, but they Taysom Hill does not throw for touchdowns. He runs for touchdowns. So it's hurting in that department. Um, and then on the Falcon side, you know, Julio Jones, is he going to play? Calvin Ridley, is he going to play? Um, Todd Gurley, is he going to play? Brad, there's a lot of uncertainty around this game. What can we expect? Um, well, I know a lot of people have. this game circled on their calendar um unfortunately you're not going to get that kind of production out of both of these players this week but you know what i think you're still going to uh to get some some production from these players um you know it's 46 points i expect it to be a pretty defensive game um i believe the last game new orleans held the falcons to like nine points or something like that um the Falcons are likely going to struggle to move the ball, but I, I think they're going to at least score. John or two. He gets enough done on the game. He may not be the greatest quarterback to watch, but fantasy football-wise, he's absolutely relevant. He's solid for, you know, a floor of 15 to 20. Um, he's not going to light the world on fire, but he's one of those guys that you can play. Matt Ryan, um, I'd start him only if I knew Julio was playing. And even then, I think there might be better streaming options available, especially against the Saints defense. Um, no Julio is a no-go with Matt Ryan for me. Definitely take a look at streaming options out there. Yeah, and you, you, you nailed it on the head for the running backs. Alvin Kamara, his production hasn't been there. Um, the last two games with, uh, with Taysom Hill, I think he got um, – what, 45 yards rushing uh, in the first game against Atlanta, 54 yards against Denver, um, finished with 11 and six points um, in both those games. So really unusable. He seems to favor Latavius Murray in that running game a bit more. Um, you obviously are still going to play Alvin Kamara, um, but if you have Latavius Murray, he's definitely a, a flex consideration. Brian Hill, Ido Smith, um, you know, it's again, those are desperation plays, RB2. Um, Ito Smith looked like he did more 
with the uh, rushing work. But if Gurley's in, you obviously can't start either of them. And with Gurley, you're just hoping that he finds the end zone magically since he gets the uh, goal line touches. Wide receiver-wise for the Saints, um, you're only really starting Michael Thomas. I don't think you can take a look at anyone else. There isn't enough passing volume there. In the first game against Atlanta with Taysom Hill, 12 targets, nine receptions. Second game against Denver, six targets, um, four receptions, 19 and nine points. I mean, you really have to temper your expectations. Um, Atlanta Falcons, if Julio's in, you're playing him. If Calvin Ridley's in, you're playing him. Um, Hayden Hurst, he'd be the only tight end from this game I'd look at starting. I don't have any confidence in Jared Cook for this one. Um, Saints defense, if you got him, fire him up against Atlanta. And if you got my boy Young Wei Koo, you're obviously firing him up in this game because the Falcons may not find the end zone. So that means 20 points for my boy. <laughs> Absolutely. Gotta love Koo, man. The only one better than Koo is Rodrigo Blankenship. But you It's know. been a great year for kickers. Yes. It has been, yep. Um, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. And then we can't forget their punter, Rigoberto. <laughs> yes. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the Lions at the Bears. Now, Kenny Galladay seems like he's a no-go again. Um, DeAndre Swift seems like he will likely go this week. So the Lions should look a little better on offense. They have sorely missed um, DeAndre Swift. And the Bears, well, I mean, they're the Bears on offense. They have a great defense. That's their yeah, – no, One thing I'd like to add – is that uh, teams play better when they're after the head coach gets fired. Keep an eye on the Lions in this game. Very good point. No more Matt Patricia. Enter offensive coordinator. Uh, and that is a very good point. I mean, the Texans have played better since uh, O'Brien got fired. And the Falcons have played much better since um, Quinn got fired. So I have to wait and see if that happens to the Lions as well. Hopefully, you know, they play really well on offense and DeAndre Swift gets like three or four touchdowns. Um, no personal bias there. But, Junie, overall, looking at this game, is there anything salvageable in that Bears offense other than Allen Robinson? Uh, David Montgomery is salvageable. Um, he's going against the worst team when it comes, uh, when it comes to, the, uh, to the running game. Um, I expect a big game from him in this one. Um, and uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Mid, uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, threw uh, three touchdowns last week. Um, and he's actually a better fit than um, Nick Foles. Um, it, it's weird because in the beginning of the season, uh, Mitchell Trubisky led the Bears to a 3-0 and start, I believe. And uh, he got injured and Nick Foles came in and um, Nick Foles lost a bunch of games for them and now they're what five and six now so I think for Bears fans this is the best option for quarterback um, if they want to salvage their season um, in terms of fantasy uh, Mitchell Trubisky scored uh, 20 points uh, last week with three touchdowns um, however he had two interceptions and a fumble which killed his stats uh, but uh, Mitchell uh, Trubisky uh, in my book is a uh, top top 10 quarterback this week um, in terms of the other side Matt Stafford uh, not so much um, I know you guys are talking about firing the head coach and 
teams playing better, but they are the Lions. So I don't expect much from them. Um, in terms of the running backs um, on the Lions side, uh, DeAndre Swift is a good option. Um, he's the RB1 in Detroit now. Um, and then the other guy that I like, other than Galladay's uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um, he's been a, uh, a monster when it comes to the tight end position when it uh, comes to targets, um, and he's uh, very consistent. So um, if you have him, definitely start him up. Um, he's very consistent on that end. Um, other than that, um, I expect the game to be uh, competitive. It is a NFC North game. Um, the, uh, the Bears are favored in this one uh, by three points, and the over-under is 44 and a half. So in, in terms of the game, it's definitely going to be a competitive game. But in terms of salvaging the season for the um, Chicago Bears, um, I think they can uh, make this one in their favor. The Bears. Um, moving on to the next game, we have the Browns at the Titans. Brad, the Browns are 8-3. and three. Um, but I, I mean, I don't want to say it should come with an asterisk, but they've only defeated one team with a winning record. And that is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the, the other seven teams that they have defeated are the Bengals twice, the Washington football team. The Cowboys. Well, no, the Raiders. Oh, no, they lost to the Raiders. Um, yeah, they don't have very the, many marquee wins. The, yeah, the, the Texans, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. So they have been very good at defeating the teams that they should beat. But now they, they face um, stiff competition in the Tennessee Titans. The previous times that they played teams with winning records, other than the Colts, they didn't fare so well. They lost to the Raiders, they, and they got blown out by the Steelers, and, the, and they got blown out by the Ravens. So, can we finally see the Browns step up and put up a fight against the, the Titans, who also share an 8-3 and three record? Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you told me the Cleveland Browns would be eight and three, you know, I'd be very hard pressed to believe you. But hey, they've gotten it done. It should be taken with a grain of salt. Obviously, it's a soft eight and three. Um, like you mentioned, there aren't very many marquee matchups in this game. You know, it's a fifty-three and a half um, um, implied total. Um, you know, Tennessee being favored. Um, it, it's just one of those games where Tennessee should come out on top. Um, both teams love to run the ball. I expect a heavy dose of Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. This might be one of the fastest games ever played if both of them have their way, and it could be over before you know it. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, he's had three bad games, but I think those are weather games. If there's a time where we can actually see if Baker Mayfield is the future, it would have to be now. And Ryan Tannehill, he had a sort of a slump uh, midway through the season. I think he should be able to to rebound. Um, so, you know, fantasy football-wise, uh, Baker Mayfield, he's obviously not one of those guys that I'm looking at starting. Um, I think it's, it's going to be completely 
a rushing attack from from Cleveland Browns. But Ryan Tannehill is definitely one of those guys that you can start as a streaming quarterback if he's available. Um, the Browns will bleed points to the air. Um, so if you're looking for someone over a Matt Ryan, definitely look at a Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you're obviously starting both running backs, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and even Kareem Hunt in this one. Uh, I expect a heavy dose of the run. Um, y- you know, I-, I-, I expect at least 300 rushing yards uh, combined between both of these teams. Um, yeah, I-, I think it's going to be a, a huge one, especially with uh, Miles Garrett. I don't know if he's going to come back, but I don't think he's going to be enough to stop Derrick Henry. Um, this is usually when Derrick Henry gets going later in the season. Um, I don't think they're going to stop him. And Nick Chubb is extremely fresh. Like last game, I think was the second highest number of touches he's ever, he's ever gotten in his career. I expect the trend to continue. He's going to touch the ball a lot. Um, and I think he's going to get more goal line work compared to Kareem Hunt. He's been more efficient. I think Kareem Hunt, you know, he's been lackluster so far, but he's one of those guys you're going to start him. He's in RB2. Uh, wide receiver wise, uh, the Brown side, I'm only looking at Jarvis Landry. His upside is going to completely depend on if Nick Chubb can get the ground game going. And then, you know, you might be able to see some receptions and possibly a touchdown. Um, Austin Hooper, tight end for Cleveland. He's one of those guys, if you have him, you're probably going to play him. And for the Tennessee Titans pass catchers. Um, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, I think you can start both of these guys. I think Corey Davis might feast in this game. Um, he, he, he gets a lot of work. And A.J. Brown's one of those guys where he only needs to touch the ball three times. And if they're running it as much as they are, they're going to set up the play action and Brown's going to be open for like a 60 or 70 yarder. We saw the same thing happen last season. Their efficiency on play action is impressive. Joe Smith. Hot start. I'm not starting him. Um, Browns DST or Titans DST. I'm not looking at starting others at, at, at any of them because I think this might be a high, a high scoring game. Um, kickers wise, I don't think you can trust either of them. Um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be one of those good old school games with a bunch of rushing. Should be a fun one. Um... Moving on to the next one, got the Bengals at the Dolphins. Is it going to be Fitzpatrick? Is it going to be Tua? I mean, that'll be a big difference for their, their air attack. Is Gaskin back? Is Ahmed back? I mean, there's a lot of questions on the, on the Miami side. And then on the Bengals side, I mean, um, with Burrow being out, um, can we really trust after last week's sample, Boyd or – or Higgins, Jenny? Uh, unfortunately, no. Especially being a Tyler Boyd owner in a, in fantasy, um, the Joe Burrow injury is was was devastating for um, the receivers for the Cleveland. Or, I'm sorry for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, it sucks because those receivers are very talented, but unfortunately, the the quarterback that they have is um, is not capable of spreading the ball. Uh, like Joe Burrow did. Um, but in terms of the Miami side, um, I think this is the best thing that could possibly happen to them because uh, before Tua came in, I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, was playing uh, his best football um, in his career. And I think um, going into the playoffs and, 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 and getting um, potentially uh, first 
in the uh, AFC East, I think this is a good time for uh, Miami to um, ride Fitzpatrick right now. Um, so in terms of the game, um, I'm, I'm looking for Miami to dominate. Um, I don't think Cle or Cincinnati, I don't know why I keep saying Cleveland. I don't know why. Um, so I don't think Cincinnati has enough, especially because they're so banged up. No Joe Mixon, uh, potentially no, um, is Gio, Gio's playing. So there, there is Gio. Yep. Um, no Joe Burrow. So in, in, in terms of the, um, Cincinnati side, I just don't see them having enough firepower. Um, and, uh, in terms of fantasy, um, Brian Fitzpatrick is definitely the guy that I'm looking at in terms of waivers if you need a quarterback to stream or even just to um, replace um, a starting quarterback that you have. Um, Miles Gaskin has uh, the potential to play this week. I think he is playing, um, which is um, a running back two. I would definitely start him. Uh, Parker, uh, he's, he's, he's a decent receiver, um, especially uh, wide receiver three uh, in that flex position. Um, but in terms of um, special team side kickers, Saunders, um, who's my kicker, I like him a lot. Uh, he's definitely top three. Uh, Miami um, doesn't always finish drives, so he's definitely going to get the, um, uh, the field goal attempts. Um, in terms of the defense, Miami as well, they're solid. Um, but, yeah, in terms of Cincinnati, the only person I would start is probably Geo. Other than that, I would bench everyone else. Yeah, sounds about right to me. Um, as a Higgins owner, it's definitely devastating to to see uh, Burrow get injured. Um, moving on to the next game, we got Jacksonville at Minnesota. Mike Glennon will get his second straight start for for Jacksonville. Um, if DJ Chark is back, can we can we have any faith in in that passing game, Brad? Um, yeah, I think you should, especially when you take a look at what Colin Johnson was able to to uh, do last week. Um, you know, this game is interesting, uh, mainly because it's two bad defenses and offenses should be able to move the ball. Um, 52 and a half implied total. Minnesota, you know, they're favored by 10, so they're huge favorites in this one. Um, so we'll, we'll see if the trend will continue. Um, you know, quarterback-wise, Kirk Cousins, he's actually been a QB1 the past three weeks. Last week, I think he was like QB5 or QB3. The week before that, also a, you know, in the top five at the quarterback position. So definitely one of those guys where if you're looking to stream, this is a very favorable matchup. Um, you know, you could do a whole lot worse out there. Mike Glennon, um, you know, as bad as Minnesota is, you're really banking on the fact that, he, he's going to have to score touchdowns. I think you'd be better off uh, looking elsewhere at streaming your quarterback. Uh, running back-wise, James Robinson, Dalvin Cook. If you have either of them, you're starting. Um, Dalvin Cook, you know, he gave you a stinker the, uh, the last two weeks, but he's Dalvin Cook, and, you know, you're going to start him regardless. You're going to take these games uh, when they happen, and hopefully he doesn't burn you because there's not much, you know, you're not going to get much better out there. And James Robinson, same thing. I expect a lot of work from him. Um, pass catching-wise for Minnesota, Thielen, I believe he's back. He cleared COVID. Um, so that really puts a damper on things for Justin Jefferson. I know Justin Jefferson had big games when Thielen was out. Um, so I'd sort of uh, 
temper expectations. But if you have either of those receivers, you know, you, you, you are starting them. And on the Jacksonville side of things, um, yeah, really pay attention to if DJ Shark is in. If he's in, he's one of those guys that I think you can comfortably start at wide receiver three position, flex. If he's not, you know, I'd take a look at Colin Johnson if he's still available. Um, you know, they should be able to move the ball in the air. You can take a look at guys like LaVisca Chanel or Keelan Cole, but uh, Glennon and Colin, they seem to have something going last game. Um, tight end-wise, Irv Smith still out. You can look at Kyle Rudolph. Um, three receptions in 40 yards is what I'm looking for. You know, seven points at the tight end position. You'll take whatever points you can get. Defensive-wise, you can take a look at streaming either of these defenses if you really need it, especially if you have like a Tampa Bay uh, defense and they're on a bye. You know, you never know. You could end up with a pick six. Um, should be an interesting one. I, I hope it's high scoring. Both the defenses are bad enough. Um, it's one of those games where on paper looks bad. Fantasy football-wise, might be great. Should be a fun one to watch. Um, not much in the form of uh, playoff contention. I mean, Vikings still have an outside shot, but um, it, it's going to be hard for them to win out especially with game, uh, with games still remaining in their own division and um, teams like the, the Buccaneers and the, the Arizona Cardinals ahead of them. Um, mm -hmm. Moving on to the next game. This one should be a fun one. It's a uh, AFC South matchup. Colts at the Texans. You guys mentioned earlier that uh, uh, the Texans were hit with uh, Will Fuller being out due to his PED suspension. And um, Randall Cobb is out now as well. He's been an IR, so he's been out. So Deshaun Watson is down to um, Cooks and Kuti. So, I mean, the, the good thing about really good quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson is that they can, they can make a good situation out of anything. So, I mean, he's been hot. I, I, I still believe in him. I know that I know that he can still put up the numbers, but how much will it hurt to not have, especially Will Fuller? Yeah, this game is going to be tough for Houston being uh, decimated with uh, the Will Fuller loss. Uh, David Johnson is still out. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, having that AFC South rivalry game uh, versus uh, Indianapolis, um, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be struggling in this game. Um, in terms of uh, fantasy-wise, you have to start him every week. Um, he's, um, he's a viable uh, option when it comes to um, running the football and also passing. Uh, in terms of Indianapolis, Phillip Rivers is, is hot lately, and uh, he, he has a very favorable, favorable schedule coming down to the playoffs. Uh, so... If you need to stream a quarterback, look at Phillip Rivers. Um, but I, I definitely think this game is gonna, going to be a Jonathan Taylor game um, because Houston is very bad against the run. Um, they give up the uh, second most points in, uh, when it comes to fantasy running backs. Um, Jonathan Taylor uh, versus Green Bay had 15.4 points versus the Packers in week 11. I expect them to have a breakout game in this game. Um, but in terms of the other side, Duke Johnson, he had his best game in terms of fantasy um, uh, last week versus the Lions. And um, 
he is a, uh, I would say he's a flex in, in this matchup because of uh, the Colts defense. Um, but if you have to play him at running back, um, he is the, he, he's probably one of the options um, that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to look for. In terms of the receiving, um, Brandon Cooks, he's going to be uh, probably Deshaun Watson's only viable option when it comes to consistent uh, pass catcher. Um, if you need a sleeper tight end, Darren Fells is out there. Um, he's, um, he had two um, end zone targets uh, last week. Uh, versus the Lions uh, that he missed on. And um, I, th- I think Deshaun Watson is, is probably going to target him again. Um, in terms of uh, Indianapolis, um, I don't really like their uh, receiving core. Uh, T.Y. is still on the, on, on the decline. And um, the, the rookie... Um, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. Um, he, he's very streaky, you know. So... Um, Going up against Houston, um, wide receiver three, flex if you have to start him. Um, so other than that, the um, defenses, uh, Indianapolis, definitely start um, Houston. Don't start him. Should definitely be an entertaining divisional um, battle. Another divisional battle, uh, Brad, you're well uh, – you're very familiar with the NFC West, I believe. Um, we have the LA Rams with one of the two teams playing in Arizona at the moment, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray, man, unfortunately finally had a bad game last week against uh, the Patriots. Uh, good old Bill Belichick. I had a feeling Bill Belichick was going to devise the playbook or the defensive playbook to um, stop that Kyler Murray train, but it happened, unfortunately, for Kyler Murray owners. Can we expect a bounce-back game in this divisional battle in what I consider a must-win for Arizona? Uh, yeah, th- th- this game is a tough one because despite what you, know, what you see and what the record notes, the Los Angeles Rams field an elite-level defense all across the field. So Arizona is definitely going to have their hands full um, – and, you know, they're going to come up with the scheme against Kyler Murray. You alluded to it, Bill Belichick. It's, he's always had problems with uh, mobile running quarterbacks this year. He actually figured it out, and they were, they were able to stop him last game. Um, Kyler Murray, he's, he's, I don't know if the shoulder injury is still nagging him, but that's one thing to, uh, to keep in mind. Kyler Murray, he's, he's still going to have that rushing floor. Um, you know, with injury, though, he hasn't had that. I don't know if that trend's going to continue. Um, but if you have Kyler Murray, you're obviously starting him. Jared Goff, um, again, when those streaming options, if if you have him on the bench, I would sit him there, see what he actually does in this game. Um, you know, this game has an implied total of 48 and a half. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get that high scoring. I think it might be more of a defensive battle. But running back-wise... For either team, I'm only taking a look at, you know, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Kenyon Drake is likely going to get the touches. Chase Edmonds might get the receiving work to make him relevant as an RB2, RB3 flex play. Um, Kenyon Drake, he's going to get the goal line touches. And if, and if he gets enough of them, he's going to find the end zone, you know, once or twice. Um, where this game gets really interesting is going to be at the wide receiver position. 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Ramsey, you know, that's one of those just great football matchups to watch. I think DeAndre Hopkins will get his, but I think Jalen Ramsey will really put a ceiling on the damage that he can do. Um, and I believe um, Larry Fitzgerald might miss this game. So we're probably going to take a look at Christian Kirk. Um, the Rams give up points to the slot receiver. We don't know who's going to cover him, but it's not going to be Ramsey. Um, wide receiver-wise for the Rams, you're looking at Cup and Woods. I think both of them, you're going to start them. Wide receiver two, wide receiver three. They both have wide receiver one upside. Cooper Cup's been hurting you because he hasn't found the end zone. I believe he only has two touchdowns on the year. I don't expect that trend to continue. He should find the end zone. This could be the game that gets things going for him. Um, Tight end-wise, I'm not looking at starting any of these tight ends. Defensively, you can take a look at the Rams defense and the Cardinals defense. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a top 16 defense. You can definitely do a whole lot worse. Um, Kicker-wise, I'm not looking at, at any of them. Um, I'm surprised Gonzalez still has a job after, you know, the game last week. Yeah. Aren't we all? Um... You know, and the funny thing is he almost blew it against Seattle back on that Sunday night football game as well. Mm -hmm. So he's been, he's been shanking it all season. Um, so we wonder how much longer Kingsbury will go with him. Um, next game we have the New York football Giants at the Seahawks. The Giants sit in first place uh, with a 4-7 and seven record in the East. Um, but they were hit with the blow of uh, Daniel Jones possibly missing time with that hamstring injury. Junie, um, good old Colt McCoy is going to be uh, taking the reins if uh, Daniel Jones can't go. What what does that mean for the production of um, of Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Wayne Gallman and that and that Giants offense going up against um, this subpar Seahawks defense? This injury is going to be fatal for the Giants, especially because of the severity of the hamstring pull for Daniel Jones. Um, four and seven in first place of the uh, NFC East right now, but their schedule is very tough. Uh, and, it, and it starts on Sunday versus Seattle. Um, I expect um, what Vegas is expecting with the Seattle favorite uh, by 10, um, I expect this game uh, to not even be close. Um, the only good thing about Colt McCoy is um, that he's going to feed Seattle's defense. So if you have Seattle's defense, definitely start them because they will create uh, turnovers uh, from Colt McCoy. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's not a good look. Uh, in terms of the other side, Russell Wilson, a must start every week. I expect him to get hot. Um, in the last couple of weeks of the regular season um, when it comes to the running game. Um, I believe Chris Carson is, um, is questionable and Carlos Hyde is questionable, uh, but I think Chris Carson is supposed to play. So definitely start him um, in terms of the uh, running back side, Wayne Gollum. Um, he's been hot lately, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down in this game because Cole McCoy is going to uh, um, not give them any, uh, passing offense so if you if you have him and you need a running back start him uh but in terms of uh, the seattle defense um uh they're middle of the pack when it comes to um running backs with fantasy points so 
Um, but if for, if for, for me personally, I wouldn't start him. In terms of the wide receiver side, obviously DK Metcalf is a must-start every week. Um, I expect Tyler Lockett to have a bounce-back game. The trend with Russell Wilson is that um, one game that he'll feed DK and then he'll score a lot of fantasy points, and then the next game it'll be Tyler Lockett. So I expect Tyler Lockett to have a big game in this game. In terms of the uh, uh, Giants wide receivers, uh, I would assert any of them because Colt McCoy sucks once again. <laughs> uh, but in terms of the game, Seattle's going to dominate, and um, yeah, it, it, it's going to be another toss-up for uh, first place in the NFC East. Man, yeah, especially because you know Washington has Pittsburgh. Um, the Dallas, the, Dallas, it doesn't matter who they play; they're probably going to lose. And and yeah, the Giants have um, Seattle and Philadelphia. Well, I think they would lose to themselves at this point. Would you look at that, Brad? Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. Man, this does not sound like a game for the Eagles to figure things out. Um, are we going to keep waiting, or um, should we just finally say that, you know, Carson Wentz is just – I mean, I'm, like, I'm not saying that this is going to tell the story of the rest of his career, but he is just having – I think he is a perfect example of – what 2020 has been, man. His year has just been shit. Like, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like, before there was the excuse of no weapons, they're all back, and he's still sucking. So, Brad, what is going on? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's tough, especially when you take a look at what Carson Wentz is doing next year. I believe 50, north of 50 million is what he's going to hit the salary cap for. That is a tough one to swallow if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, just taking a look at Carson Wentz, um, there is one number that stands out to me, and that is sacks. Last year was his, the highest number of sacks that he, he had ever recorded at 37. 37 last year. This year in 2020, he's at 46. 46, and we still got games to go. It wouldn't surprise me if this dude ends the season with 60 sacks. And that is very troubling, especially if this is the guy that you're going to pay $50 million to next year. I don't know if he's going to hold up, and we already know he's uh, injury-prone. Um, you know, 46-and-a-half over under, I expect Green Bay to dominate and get 40 points again. Um that's just the type of season that they've been having. And the Eagles have been having the opposite of that, you know, fantasy football wise quarterback, Carson Wentz, hot start of the season, bad, you know, last couple of games, you're obviously not starting him. Take a look elsewhere. Um, you know, cause right now it's a, it's a dumpster fire uh, for Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers. You're obviously starting him. Um, running back wise. Um, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams at the flex. You obviously are going to start Aaron Jones if you have him. Jamal Williams, if he's riding your bench, you can you know start him off at the flex position. Miles Sanders, man, he didn't get enough work um, last year. I mean, last game. It, it's it's looking like that trend is going to continue. If you're the Miles Sanders owner, you should be worried. I don't I don't know if he's going to have enough to stay relevant, but. Where you drafted him, you sort of have to start him. Um, you know, wide receiver-wise, I don't think there's anyone you can start outside of uh, Dallas Goddard on the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham will get you three receptions and 30 yards apiece. Um, yeah, there's other places you can look at for wide receiver. Brad, Brad it's pronounced Goatert, not Goddard. Goatert. Goatert. I'll, I'll take note of that. Um, and yeah, and, and for Green Bay, you know, you're obviously starting starting Devontae Adams. He's going to produce irregardless of the game script. doesn't matter who is on him. Um, Alan Lazard, you know, he had that injury last week. It was sort of uh, troublesome because he had the core injury. So uh, I, I think he should be back. Um, but if you have him, you're obviously not going to start him. But keep an eye on him just to see the number of targets that he's getting. Robert Tanyan, if you have him at tight end, you can start him. Um, there's other tight ends that are a whole lot worse. He at least gives you a touchdown upside. When uh, when Devontae Adams is fully covered, Tanyan just seems to be open. Um, you know, DST-wise, I'm not really looking at any of them. You can take a look at the Packers just for the sheer volume of sacks that they might be able to get. They might be able to get you 10 sacks and get 10 points that way alone. Um, this one it should be lopsided. It should be Green Bay in an easy victory. Yeah, definitely should be. And I mean, this might spell the end, at least as a starter for Wentz for this season, you know, especially if he has another piss poor performance. I mean, you know, Doug Peterson might be having to start packing his bags too, because I think, I don't think it's just on Wentz. I think coaching is a big problem in, in Philadelphia. I think last year they underperformed and I think this year they're underperforming again. So have to wait and see. Um, speaking of dumpster fires, Junie, we have the Patriots at the Chargers. Now, I mean, the Chargers are set for the future. Herbert is the real deal, man. He looks like a five-year vet who with, like, all the poise in the world. But last week at Buffalo, man, it's like, it's like the Chargers wanted to lose. Like, the – the play calling at the end of that game was just horrendous. Um, you know, you're down to under a minute left. You, you, you're you down by two possessions. And instead of doing the logical thing of kicking the ball, he, he tries to run it in and kills the clock. And it gets to the point to where there is like, like three seconds left. And then he brings the kicker in. Then he pulls the kicker back out. I mean – we, we all know that, you know, Anthony Lynn is expected to be fired at the end of the season. But should the Chargers wait until the end of the season or should they move on now? I would, since it's so late in the season, I would just wait until the end of the season because I think they have their uh, target in Eric Bieniemy. I think uh, being that, that he was a former Charger and he's an offensive guru, I think that would be the, the best fit for the, for the L.A. Chargers. Um, but yeah, I mean, bad, bad, uh, play calling, bad decision-making, uh, they're a team that's underachieving or, or, or underachieving this year. Uh, they're three and eight. Um, but like what you're saying, Jose, they have their future in Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Joey Bosa. They have a lot of good pieces, Austin Eckler, um, yeah. in, like when they get a coach that's competent and that makes good decisions, they're going to be a very competitive team and they're going to be a playoff team uh, in my eyes. Uh, but it's crazy to see the two quarterbacks um, 
this Sunday going up against each other. I mean, look at their stats right now. Uh, Justin Herbert, 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And then you look at Cam, Cam only has uh, 1,900 yards, four touchdowns and nine interceptions. And if, if someone would have told me uh, at the beginning of the season that Cam would only have four touchdowns and nine interceptions uh, and, you know, it, it's almost the end of the season, I would be like, this person's crazy. Uh, but, you know, that's what the reality is, you know, and then um, the Patriots are, you know, five and six right now. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. And I think this game is going to be a, a competitive one. Um, I think it's going to be very uh, run heavy when it comes to the Patriots, uh, Damian um, Harris and then Cam Newton. Um, the Patriots. Um, um, are are they're solid on defense uh, when it comes to passing, um, but they but they give points up to uh, to running backs. Um, in terms of the um, the Chargers side, um, Austin Eckler, uh, what a game uh, coming back! Um, definitely an RB one. Um, I expect um, him to get in his groove um, when it comes to. Um, the fantasy side and, and, and when, when it comes to racking up the points um, in terms of the receiving side, uh, Keenan Allen is always a must start. Um, Williams, Mike Williams is a guy who um, will give you hot games and then he'll give you games where he gives you nothing. So um, I think this is a game where he's, he's going to give you nothing. So I wouldn't trust this guy. Um, last game he had five, um, five points. I mean, so he's very streaky. Um, I wouldn't trust him at all. In terms of the Patriots side, uh, Myers is a wide receiver three flex. Um, if you need somebody, he's definitely a good play. Um, other than that, um, I, I don't really trust any of the Patriots receivers. Uh, Defensive-wise, I don't trust New England's defense or the Chargers' defense. And in terms of the kickers, um, I don't trust both kickers. So, Yeah. It should definitely be a fun game because, I mean, if we learn anything from the Chargers is they're, they're in every game. I mean, they could just as easily be eight and three. But, I mean, yeah. coaching, coaching, you know, is what separates teams that talk about, oh, we were almost there. You know, we almost were there. We just missed a play here and there. That's what separates a good team from a bad team, you know. Just because you're a bad team, it doesn't mean that you have to lose every game by 25 points. Some bad right. teams lose close games consistently. That is the Chargers, and that and it's not just this season. Last season, it was the same thing. So, I mean, I'm not saying Anthony Lynn is a bad coach, but I'm also saying that he he is not he is not an elite coach. If you if you want a guy that's going to coach competitive teams. But, you know, like, like a Jeff Fisher, you know, he, he, he is kind of like at that Jeff Fisher level. I know Jeff Fisher did um, lead the Titans one time to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, but other than that, you know, he was an 8-8 eight and eight guy. He was known as Mr. 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that that is the type of coach that Anthony Lynn is. Um, but, yeah, like you guys said, hopefully they get the enemy in there and he, he changes the – the trend for for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, and Anthony Lee Lynn is uh, twenty nine and thirty one in his uh, coaching career. So he's a he's a under five hundred coach, like what you said, Jose. He's very average. Jeff Fisher, you know, 
I mean, Brad, Brad brought it up perfectly one time. He was like, you look up, uh, you don't, you don't really have to Wikipedia Jeff Fisher because pretty much every season, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, eight and eight, eight and eight, six and 10, maybe a 10 and six season here and there, but then eight and eight, eight and eight, that that's who he is. And I think, you know, that's who Anthony Lynn is. And Hey, you know what? For some franchises, that's okay. You know, if you just want to be competitive, um, like I'm sure the, the Cincinnati Bengals would love them. They'd keep them for 17 years. I mean, they did it with Marvin Lewis, you know, uh, but it's just, it's not enough when, when you're, you're playing in a, in the new best football stadium on the planet, you know, and yeah. SoFi Stadium. So, you know, obviously things change when you invest so much. So. Yeah. And, and, and with, uh, Anthony Lynn, he, he obviously has an eye for talent. He's assembled an extremely good squad uh, defensively and offensively. They should be a force to contend with next year. Whoever gets the keys to the car is going to get a finally, you know, they're going to get a good machine and it's up to them to finally tune it and turn it into something. Yep. I'll have to wait and see what happens. Last game of Sunday, we have uh, the Broncos at the Chiefs. Now, I believe the Broncos are going to have a quarterback available this Sunday. Um, they just in case they did sign another quarterback to their practice squad, and you know, we got we got to give a round of applause though to um, to Hinston, you know, the the guy that stepped in, um, wide receiver from the practice squad. You know, he was a quarterback in college, but he had no reps um, with his offense as a quarterback. Did not know the playbook as a quarterback. And he stepped in there, and while he didn't do, you know, he completed one pass, like, just the fact that he stepped in there and was willing to do it, um, he deserves major respect. Um, but, yeah, this game, they should have a quarterback available. I believe Drew Locke and um, and Rippon are both available. So, um, but, I mean, they're going up against the Chiefs. So, do the Broncos have any prayer of hope? Uh, yeah, they have a prayer. Um, you know, it's going to take a couple of Hail Marys um, and our father, like a million of them. I don't know if they have enough time <laughs> to uh, to pray for a win. Listen, this game is easy. 51 point over under. I think the spread is like 17 or 21. It's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to win. Uh, one thing that can t- throw a curveball into this is the fact that it is a division game. And, you know, these games are typically tighter. But I don't see that happening. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, Drew Locke, uh, fantasy football-wise, you're not starting him. Patrick Mahomes, you are. You know, this could be another four-touchdown game. Um, running back-wise, this is where, you know, Denver actually has some upside. With no Philip Lindsay looking like he's going to be out, Melvin Gordon should get, a volume, should get the volume of the work. So he's one of those guys you can safely play as a – running back to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, you're obviously going to start him because he's on the best offense and he could absolutely find the end zone. Love Bell, you know, he's a flex play, a running back three. It's a real desperation move. Where it gets interesting is, you know, at wide receiver, Tyreek Hill might score 100 touchdowns in this game if they'll let him. Because when you watch the first quarter of, of last week, good God, was he unstoppable. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill ate his Wheaties. He did, he said a couple of Hail Marys because no one can stop him. Um, I don't know if that trend is going to continue. They're definitely going to try their best, but 
wouldn't surprise me if he has another 30-point game or more. Um, Sammy Watkins, um, wide receiver three, he was close to finding the end zone. He might find it this time. Um, wide receiver-wise for the Denver Broncos, um, Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick, both wide receiver threes. If you have them on your bench, keep them there. Just keep an eye on them. Just see the type of work that they're getting. Tight end-wise, Noah Fent for Denver. I think he's serviceable. Um, I, I I think he's, he's he might finish as a you know top six tight end at the end of this uh, week. Um, well, Travis Kelsey, he's the number one tight end, regardless of the week. You're obviously going to start him. Um, defensive wise, defensively, you can take a look at the Chiefs. They might be able to get something from Drew Locke and get a pick six, which will make your you know your weekend. Uh, Butker, you know, if you have him, you can start him but he's only going to get you extra points with how efficient this offense has been. And for the Denver Broncos, you have to hope that you can get into field goal range just to at least get some points on the board. Like I said, this is going to be an easy one to pick. If you have anyone on the Chiefs, just play them. Sounds easy enough to me. We, have, we actually have two games on Monday this week. Um, first one is, Judy, your Washington football team um, at Pittsburgh. You know, this this game would seem like it's easy to pick, but Pittsburgh has been giving hints that they're they're wanting to lose. Um, you know, both they, they, they let Dallas stick around, then um they did the same thing with, with a depleted Baltimore team um just uh yesterday. And we've seen Washington playing much better. You know, Alex Smith has he's been turning it over more than than he used to um, prior to his injury. But he's been commanding that offense well. Um, Antonio Gibson is a beast. Um, Terry McLaren's a beast. So that offense definitely has, um, has had its moments. Your defense is, is, is um, pretty solid as well. So, I mean, I think this Washington team is really coming along. Is, is there an upset alert? that we should be aware of in this game, Jimmy? I think there might be an upset alert because Pittsburgh is 11-0 right now. And like what you said, Jose, they're not playing their best football right now. They're, they're letting teams that shouldn't be in the games stay in the games. And Washington has a lot of momentum right now. Uh, they're 2-0 um, coming off that win against Dallas. Um, Alex Smith is being Alex Smith in terms of managing the game and he's doing a great job of 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 being a leader you know he's putting uh the players in place um and he's giving the balls to playmakers antonio gibson had a monster game last uh last week for the cowboys three touchdowns um and then um obviously he's getting the ball to terry mclaurin so there's a potential to for, for there to be an upset uh because i don't think pittsburgh is as good as they are sitting at eleven and zero, they're not a they're not a very scary eleven and zero team. Like, like when I when I think of you know scary teams, I think of Kansas City, and 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 they're at the top of the, of my list. And I, I don't think Pittsburgh is um, is uh, that scary. Um, the the loss of Bud Dupree is going to be big uh, because. They're, um, they're already depleted on the defensive side as it is. So I, I think this favors Washington when it comes to um, the running game. Um, I know that Pittsburgh is um, very good against the, um, running backs when it comes to fantasy football. 
but if you do have Antonio Gibson um, or JD McKissick, you have to start them, um, especially after Antonio Gibson had three touchdowns. Um, in terms of the the um, the Steelers side, uh, James Conner, if he does play, um, definitely start him. Um, Washington um, is the best against. Um, running backs when it comes to fantasy points, but I, I think those numbers are um, not um, not as great as they sound. So, uh, or if 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 James Conner uh, doesn't play, definitely start Snell at that position. Um, in terms of the quarterback play, um, the only person I would trust is Ben Roethlisberger. In terms of fantasy, Alex Smith is uh, very consistent when it comes to um, passing yards, but. When it comes to touchdowns, he'll probably give you one touchdown, maybe two at the most. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger should have a, a better game in this one um, compared to uh, the game versus the Ravens uh, yesterday. Um, in terms of the pass catchers, uh, the only person I trust is Terry McLaurin on the Washington side. Um, very consistent in his last couple games. Um, he, he hasn't had a touchdown in a while, so um, I'm expecting a touchdown in this game from him. Uh, because he's due for one, uh, but he's he's been very consistent in in his last uh, four fantasy games. Um, and in terms of the the Steelers side, uh, Chase Claypool um, always a must start. Deontay Johnson always a must start. Juju Smith Schuster always a must start. So, um, and when it comes to the tight end position, uh, Eric Ebron, um, he's probably one of the top five, top six tight ends in the league. Very consistent, gets a lot of balls thrown at him, even though he doesn't have a high ceiling. His floor is pretty good. Um, last game versus Baltimore, 12 points. Uh, in week 11 versus Jacksonville, 13 points. Um, week 9, 11 points. So he's definitely getting the volume when it comes to uh, the targets. Um, in terms of the Washington side, Logan Thomas is a good option. He doesn't get um, as much targets as Eric Ebron, but when he does, he, he, he makes a count. Um, last game versus Dallas, um, he had um, – four targets, four receptions, and a touchdown. So um, if you need a tight end um, and um, Logan Thomas is out there, uh, definitely look in his direction because uh, he's only owned in 40% of the leagues in Yahoo. Uh, but in terms of the game, I think it's going to be an upset. I'm picking Washington in this game, and it's not because I'm a homer, and it's because their Pittsburgh is 11-0, and it's a lot of pressure. So I think Washington wins this game. Yeah, one thing to note is uh, they might be without center uh, Maurice Pouncey for this game. I think that'll be huge. Yeah, that would be a big blow for for Pittsburgh. And, you know, the original Monday Night Football game that was originally scheduled and is still scheduled to be played, but from Arizona, will be the Buffalo Bills at the San Francisco 49ers. Um you know, we all thought San Francisco had no chance, no glimmer of hope in the in the NFC of even capturing a wild card. And then they go and beat the Rams on the road. Can can they right the ship, Brad? Can they hang on until Garoppolo and and Kittle get back in action? In your yeah, opinion? yeah, absolutely. If there's one thing that this team is, it's it's a well coached team. And they have playmakers on both sides of the ball. If you let them stick around, they will capitalize on your mistakes and they will find a way to score. I mean, it's just going to happen with Shanahan. He's going to find something that works and he's going to 
find a way to get into the end zone. I mean, the uh, the Arizona 49ers, um, you know, they absolutely have a chance to make the wild card, but you know it's going to be a it's going to be tough sledding. And this is a must win, like you indicated, a forty eight point uh, implied total, a closer game than expected. Um, Buffalo, I think, a one and a half point favorite. So, and when you uh, the last game against the Rams, you know, it came down to Robbie Gould. We could be looking at the same type of scenario and. The Niners thrive in those games. They find a way just to win. Uh, fantasy football-wise, it's quarterback. Um, Josh Allen, you, you know, he sort of – he struggled of late. Um, he's just not the same without Brown, and we're starting to see it. Uh, Stephon Diggs is still great, but Brown really provided something for him. Um, but Josh Allen, he's one of those quarterbacks where you're obviously still going to start him unless you have something better on your bench. Nick Mullins, you know – the Buffalo Bills do give up points, but there's other places I'd look to stream a quarterback. Um, running back-wise, Moss and Singletary, we honestly don't know what to expect from them. Um, running back two or three, only if you're desperate. If you have better options out there, I definitely look elsewhere. Um, Raheem Mostert, uh, he, last week was a rough game. I think he averaged like 2.7 yards a carry, but he's one of those guys that can take it to the house at any given play um he might see the ball he might touch the ball 15 to 20 times and against the buffalo bills defense that might be all you need so he's one of those guys where if you kept him you're glad you kept him and you're obviously going to start him um wide receiver wise uh for for the bills you know cole Be Beasley, he sort of saved you last week with that touchdown but aside from that i mean stefan diggs is the only real pass catching option for buffalo and for the San Francisco 49ers, um, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, I mean, they're going to find some way to work them into the game. They manufacture touches for both of these players. Ayuk should be back, so we're not going to see a heavy dose of Debo Samuel, but when they're each getting, you know, eight to ten targets and they're still running the ball, you know, three to five times a game, that's, there's definitely production to be have, had there. Um you know, Debo Samuel obviously has more upside, but if you have Brandon Ayuk, I mean, flex player, wide receiver three, he can definitely find the end zone. And especially against this defense, it, it, it's something to consider. Um, tight end wise, Jordan Reed. Um, he's one of those names that I would consider. He's good for, you know, seven targets. I think he's he should, he should be viable in this game. Uh, defensive wise, I'm not starting either of them. Um, Kicking-wise, you might look at Robbie Gould, but there might be better options out there. Yeah, it should definitely be – I mean, they have it as an even uh, – so there is no favorite in this game so far. So it should definitely be a very good game on, on Monday Night Football. And uh, our Tuesday game, you know, it's the, the beloved Dallas Cowboys at the Ravens. Now, you know – you know, Judy, I don't know if you heard, but um, Jerry Jones compared uh, the Cowboys having to start Ben fucking Danucci to to um, the Broncos having to start um, a practice squad wide receiver who hasn't played quarterback since college. You know, Ben Danucci was actually uh, drafted as a quarterback by the Cowboys, and he knows the playbook. So, 
yeah, you know, <laughs> find a better excuse, Jerry. Your team fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> but even, you know, even if the Ravens play their water boy at QB in this game, if Lamar is not cleared, should the Ravens be worried at all about the Cowboys? No, there is um, there's no way Dallas is going to win this game. Um, but Jerry is wrong, though, because Ben DiNucci or the, the Denver's, Denver, Denver Broncos quarterback that played in that game cannot throw a sidearm, a sidearm pass like Ben DiNucci. So exactly. you, you are wrong, Jerry. You are wrong. But in terms of this game, um, I expect the Ravens to dominate. Um, they have a very favorable schedule coming up down the stretch. Um, they're six and five right now, and I expect them to um, to uh, win um, most of their games coming down the stretch. Um, and it, and it starts with Dallas. Um, I think this defense is going to feast on 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 this Dallas team. Um, Andy Dalton is turnover prone, and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, let's face it, he's not the same player, um, especially with the uh, the fumble problems. I mean, the guy's turning over uh, the ball. I think um, now when he does the when he does the feed me sign, you know, I think he's actually talking about wanting more food. Like, I don't, I don't think he, right. he he's wanting touchdowns right now. I think he's, no, yeah. you know, I think yeah. Yeah, he's more about the food these days. Yeah. He's, he's definitely been um, a disappointment when it comes to fantasy. I mean, a lot of people drafted this guy high and he's not performing. Um, last week was Washington, two points in week nine versus Pittsburgh, eight points. Um, in week eight versus Philly, eight points. So, so there's a lot of single-digit games coming from a running back that was supposed to be um, highly regarded as uh, one of the best running backs in the league. So um, definitely disappointing. Um, in terms of the fantasy game or in terms of the whole game, um, the only person I would start on Dallas is probably Amari Cooper. Um, even, if, even though if I had Ezekiel Elliott, I probably wouldn't even start him, honestly. Um, he's just not getting, giving the production that um, that is um, that is needed um, in terms of the, the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to go on a tear. Uh, Dallas um, sucks versus the run, and I think he's going to slash him up. Um, in terms of the uh, the Baltimore running backs, you know, the, the I think they're favoring more J uh, J K Dobbins now. Um, so I would definitely start him at flex, maybe RB two, um, if you have him. And in terms of the receivers, uh, Mar- Marquise Brown had a decent game uh, versus the Steelers yesterday, but I don't expect that trend to continue because the guy has been one of the biggest disappointments when it comes to fantasy football. Um, kickers, Justin Tucker is always a must start. Um, I don't even know the Dallas kicker, and I wouldn't even start him. So. It is Greg Zerline, um, who probably regrets leaving the Rams. Yeah, Greg the leg. One thing to take note of, too, is, um, you know, if the Ravens get back Judon Williams and Calais Campbell, oh, good God, I would look to start the Ravens defense against this, this Dallas offensive line. It could get ugly really fast. Um, yeah. Sure. If I were Andy Dalton, I'd make myself sick. <laughs> I was just, you know, do the old school trick of putting the iron against your forehead and be like, oh, I have a fever. Sorry, coach. Can't play today. (laughs) Got to go with Ben again. Got to go with Ben DiNucci. Baltimore's last four games, Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the Giants. Those are all favorable for the Ravens. 
and I expect them to finish strong. Yeah, if they're going to make the playoffs, they have to win all four. I mean, the AFC is it's, it's going to get really – it's going to come down to the last game. Yeah, especially for that final wild card spot. I mean, I think in all fairness, with all these games that have had to be postponed or moved to different dates, I think Adele should just come up, come forward and, and add the eighth um, playoff team. It would be what's most most fair because I do think that, you know, moving games this many days, it does it does have an effect on on a record, you know. What what if Denver wins out and they go nine and they finish nine and seven or eight and eight and that's good enough to finish in eighth place? I mean, we would look back to the game where they had to play with no quarterback. So I think for the fairness of the game, they should add the eighth playoff team for this season. Uh, Before we finish up for tonight, we want to touch a little bit on uh, basketball news and notes. Um, Lakers took care of business. Uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James got paid. They're just a little bit wealthier tonight. Um, Anthony Davis took the five-year $190 max offer um, with an opt-out of four and LeBron James got a two-year, eighty-five million dollar extension. So they both—they uh, both made out, you know. I mean, we know the Lakers took care of business, but can we honestly say that Rich Paul has become the new powerhouse in terms of agents in the NBA? Yeah, easy. One hundred percent, the best agent. So Anthony Edwards out there in uh, Minnesota. Take care of business, young man, and in four years, you're going to get paid big Mm -hmm. as long as you stick with Rich Paul. Um, And we also had a big trade. Uh, John Wall and and Russell Westbrook are uh, exchanging uh, zip codes. Um, You know, I I know many people haven't seen John Wall. It's been a couple years but because of uh, his injuries, but I mean, dude was a baller when, when, when healthy. What are the Rockets getting here in John Wall? I think they're getting a player who is damaged goods. Um, I, I did love John Wall's game, but the injury that, that, he, that he had is hard to come, come back from. And, um, you know, he's older. He hasn't played in two years. Um, I think Washington got the better deal um, coming out with Russell Westbrook and exchanging uh, pretty much contracts uh, because uh, even though Russell Westbrook hasn't been as efficient as we would like him to be, um, he's, he's definitely been consistent when it comes to being um, all NBA. Um, the dude is a savage when it comes to uh, work ethic. I mean, last year he averaged 27 points. Um, and I just I, I I don't see him slowing down uh, with the pace that he's going at. And I just I, I think with Houston he didn't mix well with James Harden. I think uh, he's a better fit with Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal doesn't need the ball. James Harden needs the ball the whole time. Um, and going back to Houston, um, I don't I don't know about John Wall. I, you know, it's 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 one of those injuries where um, it's 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 hard to come back from and. Uh, We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
it'll definitely take a minute for him to get his uh, basketball legs back under him. And uh, another good point for Russell Westbrook is he will be reunited with Scott Brooks, you know, the coach that he had his best years under. It, um, it really seems like uh, once Brooks left and Billy Donovan came on board, um, um, while he was still a very good point guard, um, it didn't seem like he clicked as well with uh, Billy Donovan as he did with uh, Brooks. Yeah, I mean, I think this was one win for both organizations. I, I think they just want to be rid of both of these players and they're willing to, to you know, just turn the page and start anew. Um, yeah, I think Washington made out the better end on this just barely, and I think that's only because they play out in the East and Russell Westbrook should have an easier time out East. I mean, out West, it is such a tough conference to compete in that you know they, they, they would have to settle for the eighth I think they now realistically have a shot at you know that three four and, and it should be it should be exciting for for uh, for for the uh, Washington fans because you know they've been hoping for something and they actually have something that they can you know stomach and watch now with uh, with Beal and Westbrook so it should be entertaining basketball to watch um but yeah, Houston. I, I I honestly don't know what what we're gonna get from them. Um, yeah, still a lot of question marks. Yeah, I think the real losers in this trade were the New York Knicks, who once again couldn't even pull off a trade for for a guy that you know Russell Westbrook, who the Rockets were trying to actively trade. I mean, but hey, it's the Knicks. I guess they're holding out for the next superstar to pass up on them. They have Julius Randle. They're good. They're they're good for the next ten years. That's yeah, they right. only want forwards. That 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 that's all that New York wants. They only want forwards. So if they're not a forward, they're not interested. Mm-hmm. And they drafted the second best guy from Duke. By, yeah. Last draft. Barrett, yeah. That's it's okay though. You know he'll he'll get you twenty points on thirty missed shots. So like I mean I get I guess you know if they shoot enough times they'll get enough points to eventually win more games. But that is our show for tonight. Um, I hope you guys have uh, continue to be safe out there. You know times are crazy. Um, wear your mask. Be safe. Mask up. Mask up. And you know. We're recording this on, on the 3rd, so tomorrow is the 4th, so I want to wish my brother a happy birthday. It's going to be his, uh, his birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, John. Um, and, yeah, till the next one, guys. We're out. Have a good one. Happy holidays. Later. Stay safe.